0: All right, what is up, everyone? Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I am your host, Charlie Shrem. We've been together for the past three years, diving deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders, Bitcoin's OGs, those who are not being written about by the mainstream media when they're talking about our whole industry falling apart. Uh, I'm bringing you those people. I'm bringing you those companies, and I'm bringing you that real information to truly understand uh, where we are right now, where we're going in the future. Have some fun along the way. Meet some really cool people that you end up wanting to meet in real life. Playing some cool games that involve NFTs. Playing around with some cool Bitcoin hardware wallets. All the fun stuff. All the culture. All the fun stuff. This is where you get it right here on Untold Stories, and I'm excited to be bringing another epic episode to you today. We, I hope you guys enjoyed last uh, the other episode uh, from 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 two days ago. Uh, that was a lot of fun doing that panel with uh, with Consensus with Adam and Jared. Uh, I hope to be bringing you more live episodes. I, was, I met the guy who actually owns the Blockchain Across America bus. There's a, but there was a bus. A guy used to ran across America, and he had a bus follow him, and he sold the bus. So I was thinking of taking the bus and like not running across America, but doing these like, kind of intimate podcast dinners or something like that, um, just for fun and for free to, to, to hang out with, with all of the fans around the country, around the world that would be a lot of fun. Um, but today we get to talk to Ben Shea. Ben, thank you so much for coming on Untold Stories today.
1: My pleasure. My privilege. Thanks for having me.
0: You're the co-founder of Genopets. You're the chief products officer. You're an award-winning product designer, strategist. You've been working for over a decade on products design, user interface, uh, you know, operability with, with beautiful software. Uh, you've been in, the, in our space since 2016. And, um, Genopets is really cool because what, what ends up happening and what we, what we think we see is that like our whole industry is producing nothing and the, the world <laughs> wants to tell us that we've produced nothing. Our investors tell us that there's nothing here when this bear market, we're, we're over promised, under delivered. I said these things, but then we got to seek out and go out, look for those companies and those people in communities that are doing things that are building out amazing products. And Gino Pets is one of those things. It's a free-to-play mobile NFT role-playing games that turns your real-life daily activity into gameplay. You're part of a community. It's fun and rewarding. You get to live in an active lifestyle. Uh, and it's like the almost like the evolution of, like, in, in early computing. Computing. Remember, like, the Tamagotchi or these, like, almost like pets that you'd have on your computer. It's like the ev- the evolution of that. So it's like a natural thing, right? Can you kind of give... Give my listeners a little bit of like the backstory of yourself and and how everything got started.
1: Oh man. Well, that's a pretty big question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thank you for coming on the show today. uh, Yeah, no problem. Uh, Yeah, well, for myself, I guess the most, I guess all that really matters to say in the context of JunoPets is uh, I started a web design agency when I was 15 and I just started making websites for my friends and family. And over the years, that basically just grew from this hobby into a company. And I really didn't even intend to be in this industry at all. I went to school for hotel management. Oh. But ultimately, <laughs> yeah, I just I learned how to be professionally nice for four yeah, years.
0: Yeah, but that's why it works. It's a perfect overlap. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, and it was really interesting going into technology from a hospitality background. Um, I, I put myself through school just making websites the entire time. Um, I never thought that I'd end up just doing this for a living. Um, and so, but then I, I graduated in the worst um, year to graduate ever, 2009, right? In the midst of the financial uh, tsunami. I
0: graduated school the same year, actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> nice. It was a rough Good time times. to enter uh, the
0: we, job market, wasn't it? Yeah, we, <laughs> we've had a
1: fantastic run for the last 10 years. Haven't we? Um, yeah, so, uh, so then I, I went to Asia and then I... Try to get a job in hotels, but like, uh, I'm not, I don't want to do this. The entire time, I was just feeding myself making websites. And I realized one day, I was like, this is so stupid. I should just do this. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, all that really matters out of that whole story is that uh, I just ended up building over the last, gosh, it's been 17, oh it's been 19 years now. Gosh. Oh, wow. So yeah. <laughs> I think about that. 19, 15, 34. Yeah, 19 years now. So I've made over 200, maybe 250 uh, 250 websites, apps, products, um, all different shapes and sizes. But none of them ever felt meaningful. I was always, getting, always for someone else. I was always creating someone else's dream. And it was fantastic because I got the experience of essentially watching yeah. um, everything go up and come down, go up and come down. I've been through so many cycles and I've watched company start from nothing um and go back to nothing many 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 times um essentially i served as like a mercenary cto cpo for a lot of these companies and so finally um with genopets i got an an opportunity to to make something that's mine this is is my dream my baby
0: (laughs) isn't it some isn't it beautiful to make something that's yours it's a different situation
1: yeah it uh it's i i still work just about as hard probably harder um i've been doing 120 hour weeks for probably for as long as i can remember i cannot think of the time when i wasn't it was so stupid I was so i was like oh, i don't want to work in a hotel which should work like 80 hours a week
0: yeah but we hotel gives you like weekends. professional customer management too it's teaching you how to be customer support um i run airbnbs yeah. here it's like with my my mother in law and my wife and i we run our little airbnb business and nice. uh and and dealing with trolls in crypto and dealing with trolls in prison <laughs> yeah.
1: has taught me to yeah. like just say
0: yes to everything.
1: <laughs> yes, because you you definitely learn a lot. You build character. Working in FMB and working in hospitality definitely builds character. The whole first year of being an intern in Hawaii uh was just writing apology letters for like I would go to Do work you like at eight in the morning. Oh, I loved it. Oh, that was fantastic. Um I miss it. I missed a lot of it. Yeah, but instead of working eighty hours a week in hospitality, I ended up working 120 hours a week for 15 years in tech. So you know, can't run away from
0: the <laughs> your whole. Destiny, um, I guess. Your de- <laughs> well, now you're kind of having your your time to shine right now. Like, obviously, crypto is still a trillion dollar industry. Uh, it's 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 huge. DeFi. So It's going through its its bailout moment right now with FTX bailing out companies like BlockFi and Voyager and some of the other ones. Not bailing out, but just providing like credit right. lines and 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 kind of helping spreading that wealth that that was created yeah. largely from like Solana. That's where like FTX made a lot yeah. of their money. So it's good. Yeah. Someone asked me this a few years ago. It's like, how do you make sure that the industry keeps cycling that money that it's made back to itself? And I said, well, we have no choice okay. if we don't. But you're having your time to shine because. GameFi, and it's this topic that i've been talking about for the past like 50 episodes of this show it's like uh this idea of like having d- decentralized finance but with gaming uh and that like move you know the whole move to earn and step in and genopets, pets and this is the time to shine like do you feel the same way
1: absolutely um it feels like ikigai um i don't know if you're familiar with that concept but it's when uh what you love to do, what you're good at, what the world needs and what you can be paid for um, all intersect. And uh, it absolutely feels uh, uh, just amazing. I feel like everything that we've worked so hard for, I mean, Albert and I, my, my co-founder, this is our, uh, we've honestly lost track at least eighth business together, maybe seventh or eighth business together. We've been working with like 15, uh, yeah, 15 years. And um, it's been, no, no less than that, 12 years. Um, and we've just struggled and built so much and worked so hard. And finally it's like every single thing I've ever done um somehow has been extremely relevant to what we're doing right now. And it's really cool to to be able to show it all off. So explain
0: explain this to me. So you got like you describe it as your digital spirit animal encoded with your personality that involves that evolves through your daily activity. This combines like the NFT metaverse with 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 physical physical real life stuff. How does this all come together?
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell a little story. Um, Two thousand eighteen, um, I was I was running another company that was just failing rapidly, and I was in really really dire straits. That was my first blockchain project, so um, I have paid my dues <laughs> in twenty seventeen. I paid my dues. And as a Hail Mary, um, Albert said, Hey, um, EOS is doing a hackathon. And, uh, if, if we, if we do well there, maybe, uh, you can, you can get a little help with with what you're struggling with over there. Cause that was, oh, wow. that was really, really rough at that time. Um, and so on a, on a whim and it was on the last $750 on my credit card, uh, last credit that I had, I bought a, a ticket to London for this 24 hour hackathon and, um, and the topic was uh, improving using blockchain to improve relationships between humans and uh, and uh, privacy uh, on on the internet. And we just went in there completely blind and threw some random thing together: data marketplace, uh, genetics, genetic data marketplace. That sounds cool. Yeah, why not? And um, and then that led to just uh, us getting fourth place, <laughs> which was terrible. It was nothing. Uh, That's but pretty a good, though, out of like, how many companies? It was, it was, like, it was like 200 oh, wow. like and maybe, maybe 250 teams there. But then they gave us a call and said, hey, uh, we're actually changing the rules. Fourth place is going to go to the grand finals. All expenses paid is in South Africa. So we're like, oh, crap. OK, all right, why not? And the grand prize is half a million. Um, and they're like, but you, you know, you got to go and build this entire idea into a company. Um, this total random. Thing. I mean, we didn't know anything about genetics. We were just yes. starting out, and all, all this stuff. And we had to basically learn everything there was to know about genetics, about genetic data, the value of genetic data, and the health data, um, and pitch it to investors in South Africa, um, and try to you know win this hackathon. And uh, somehow, miraculously, um, and a whole ton of hard work, uh, we ended up winning this this hackathon. And this is when this whole idea was born. So we've been thinking about this intersection between how blockchain and digital things and digital data entities can really bring value to people in the physical world since about 2018. And that's really when the idea of Genopets was born. This idea of um, really because we ran into a brick wall with that company that was called GenoS. Um, and the idea behind that company was that you would be able to um, collect your genetic data and your health data into an uh, an entity that would live on the blockchain that you would have the keys to that you would own for life. And then medical researchers would have to pay you directly. So pharmaceuticals and, and medical would have to pay you directly for that data. Um, but we couldn't really get anyone to be excited about it. And oh my God, data I'm excited about
0: it. That sounds
1: crazy. <laughs> but it's very <laughs> ahead of its time. It's way too far ahead of its time. And, you know, trying to explain to people, hey, you're going to make money off of genetic data. You're going to have your data privacy. It's like every good thing that, you know, we thought was self-evident that yeah. people want and need, but they still need, but they don't know they want it or need it yet. It's just not out there yet. So then I thought, you know what? Confuse the enemy. Um, why Why even try to like hit them over the head with the actual benefits? And I'm going to have to trick people into doing something that's good for them because as we all know, we're really bad at, Uh, knowing what we want and what we need. And so it's just like, disguise it, we'll seduce them with it. So then I thought of, why don't we just do it in a game? If we made it really fun for you to walk around and play, um, and in the meantime, uh, collect your health data for you, store it for you, never look at it ourselves, but it will just create this this, uh, entity that's going to grow in value over time and then give it to you at the end of you playing this game. Um, What if we did that? And what could be more um, un- uh, what could be uh, more undeniable? Or like, what could people not say no to? Um, and I was like, well, it would be digital pets. <laughs> Everyone wants a cute pet, super innocuous. And you can grow it and you can evolve. And the what whole time the you're doing it, like, What if the pet was you? Like has your personal characteristics. That's right. And like, what would the ultimate digital pet be? And that's why it's actually called Genopets. Not that people don't know this, but um, it's called Genopets because the original idea was always, and maybe someday in the distant future, or maybe not so distant future, I don't know. Um, the idea was that your genome that was actually going to be procedurally generated based on your DNA. And so you have like a VCF file.
0: <laughs> can I, oh my God, can I like white label this and make my own game?
1: Uh, well, um, <laughs> it seems regardless, move to earn is blowing up so much that everyone is, uh, is doing it anyway. But we are looking to mod, well, someday. And if we have to get our foundations set first, but sure. um, I would love to be able to open this up. Absolutely. And plus, it's open world composability with blockchain. So um, have at it, you know, like um, yeah. we would want to partner with people and, and allow our genuvers to live in other universes. And, but the underlying technology thing is it's like, it's, that's what, if, when we get to that point, absolutely, that would be freaking fantastic. Um, once we we build that, we had, that's what was called GNOS uh, back in the day, was yeah. create that platform that would allow people to. We had this gem model. Um, essentially, it's a, it allows you to feed your data into it, into a black box you'd own. So it'd be awesome to light label if we ever get back to that.
0: So, you know, you you talk, you just mentioned this this concept called move to earn. And before yeah. we get into this, I want to explain to people like why these things called consensus algorithms, which move to earn is one of them. Which is an evolution of proof of work, things like proof of stake, why they're so important, and why the the economics or the, the socioeconomics of a blockchain's consensus algorithms, like our, you know you hear the terms like war gaming or game theory, how that works is so imperative to the success of any blockchain because you're not going to want to leave your money there, or you're not going to want to earn something on a blockchain where a centralized authority can freeze it, block it, reverse it, or do whatever they want with it, look at your data. Because then what do you hear from in the first place? When Satoshi invented Bitcoin uh, and basically invented proof of work, the reason, one of the reasons proof of work was so brilliant is because energy is decentralized around the world. Anyone from Mongolia to, to Russia, to the USA, to Iceland, to to Antarctica can 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 harness you know graphics or computing processor whatever energy they have with their and mine Bitcoin without having to seek permission from the existing network. A lot of people uh, and if you look at the look at how the the energy is actually transferred into something like Bitcoin, that's why there's immediate value there. And if you guys notice, like things that we work for, we prescribe a lot more value to them because we worked for them. That's why things like point in game points we care about, even though they're worth nothing. But at the end of the day, we work, we play these games or we do these things and we earn. It's why you go on a trip, you go on vacation, you want to buy a magnet from the store so you can look at it on your refrigerator and remember the work that you put in, earning money to pay for that trip, how much fun you had on that trip, the memories you made with your partner on that trip, potentially, all these different things. We prescribe that value. And that's one of the things that Satoshi was trying to like, decentralized and harness, then you had things like proof of stake that try to like make some different evolutions, bringing it back to proof, uh, to bring it back to move to earn. Why is that almost like a great, in your view, why is that such a great example of like the Satoshi algorithm by almost like decentralizing energy again? And you can do a lot of things with move to earn. Can you kind of explain a little bit more about how it all works?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So in my view, um, you know, I think the really important foundation or framework to think about everything is from this percept- this, what is the origin of value and what is the definition of value? And in proof of work and so on and so forth, you know, the value is, uh, is defined by the amount of energy, the electrical or um, electrical grid energy or whatever um, mathematical computational energy that was necessary. In order to, uh, in order to solve that and, and create that into existence, and so when you think about essentially value as being defined by something you work to do, then you can think about work and abstract or actually get into more fundamental understanding of what work is, and and this actually is kind of a microcosm. Actually, has deep parallels with the uh, the reason the societal uh, paradigm shift that we're kind of moving towards with the advent of technology of like what is work and what is the relationship between work and value Because now we're entering a time when we are uh, the amount of money that we earn is directly correlated to the amount of labor that we produce. But as technology improves, the whole point of technology improving is that we can work less um, and do less and get more. And yeah. so it yeah. kind of puts us in a position now where if you don't, it, the technology is here to make our lives easier, which means we don't have to work as much, but if you don't work as much, you can't make as much. Um, and that's a problem for a lot of people. And so we have to really start thinking about, I'm not the first person to talk about this by any means, um, but you know we have to start re-evaluating a person's value and what kind of work they can do to create value. And that's where blockchain is really interesting. And I think one of the most important and why blockchain and this entire crypto universe has been, um, has been exploding in the last 10 years is because it provides an avenue by which you can redeem value for unconventional work. And the most recent one being this concept that there's value in your data, there's value in your health, there's value in walking around, there's value in in having friends and so on and so forth, just doing anything that we now have this vehicle by which to assign and generate value to previously unvaluable, or I think more profoundly priceless things um, that are unquantifiable before we can now attempt to create frameworks to quantify them and extract value out of them, which I think is very necessary.
0: <laughs> it, it's so true, but it, it gives it gives you price. Dis- it gives you value discovery too. Yes, yes. It gives the ability yes, to like not only say to ourselves like, "Hey, how do we value our own time?" It's how other people right. can evaluate can value our time too, and it, it, yeah. it goes back to the question of happiness, right? Like you're sitting here working all the time uh, and you're spinning, you feel like you're spinning your wheels. Yes. You're being paid or you're not being paid, but it's like, why are you not happy? And a lot of people focus on like continuing to grow, grow, grow their net worth and all these different things where I meet older people who say, Charlie, like, I want to have the same amount of money I had last year, but I want to work less for the same amount instead of trying to like work more for more. So I want to work less for the same. And what you're saying to me is you want to like make your time more efficient, that you're making more money hour per hour, but you're also having more free time to do the things that you love, which end up maximizing your time anyways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that actually brings up a, a really good point. And actually this the soul of the game and the soul of why why we're doing this. I mean, we didn't was it is entirely a thousand percent like a passion project that just, I mean, we didn't necessarily expect us to, to get to where we are. We got, we had really, really good timing. We had a really, really good strategy. We had a really good concept and everything. But even then, you know, getting to where we are now, it's like, that's cool. Um, but ultimately it wasn't, it hasn't been about just like, I want to make this thing to make Buku billions of bajillions of dollars in, in crypto. But it was like, it's sure. just, it's the most meaningful thing um, we've ever done um and it was only possible because of back to your point about you know um thinking about the value of your time and really maximizing that it's like there was a moment in 2019 um where i finally for the first time in probably 10 years plus had a moment to
0: breathe wow for, yeah. for
1: a second you know i like i made a just a slightly comfortable amount of uh, of money to just like for once not hustle and worry about paying rent for like three months you know and just think like i could do anything with my life right now i have all the time in the world um, i have all the resources that i could need uh, and it was just like incredible so, like contradictory it's so liber- liberating it's so yeah, liberating it was, like, ex- it was exhilarating and also terrifying at the same time it's like oh man oh, i'm 30 uh it's not quite I'm not ready to feel unburdened yet. <laughs> and it was this crazy existential moment of like, well, what do I want to burden myself with? And I was like, well, I guess, you know, I'm going to, if I'm going to have to work my face off, um, what would be worth doing? And then that's when, because we had shelved GenoPets mm. for, for a while. We shelved GenoS and it wasn't really, it's was kind of tenuous about like what we're we going to do next. And I was like, patching up pest thing i like dusted it off and um and it was just the idea that because like every single product i've ever done like, 200 plus products that i've created were always about like helping this person make a little more money doing this or like help this person be a little more efficient doing that but at the end of the day it was just about like increasing the acceleration of the rat race so that you could make more money and do this or do that and so you could buy bigger things well. but um and for the first time you it's like we were talking about earlier with blockchain, it really provided this unique avenue to build something that would actually physically benefit someone by making them healthier and also financially benefit them. But of course, because being physically healthy requires an amount of financial stability and financial health. So, so what's then, this?
0: Oh, no. What were you going to say?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, because I'm really excited. And then <laughs> only with thank you, but. Uh, and then I realized, like, if I can make someone physically, if I can help give incentives and reward people for being physically healthier, um, financially, then actually maybe that would create a foundation for becoming emotionally healthier um, or mentally healthier. Because when you're physically healthier, then you've got a little more blood flow to your brain, you've got a little more um, energy, and so maybe you know, with a better energy, a better mood, you'll make. Of one you won't make one bad decision you won't say that one thing that you said if you're annoyed or pissed off or you're tired or something like that and that one thing that one inconvenient thing you didn't do it frees up or like reduces the that opportunity cost and then maybe you'll make a better decision instead just by default and if you do that then maybe you get in one less fight with your significant other or one less fight with your parents or like i love that get less pissed off And if that happens then maybe a little more emotionally healthy and then a little, and then I can also help you train. Then you'll have a little more bandwidth and a little of annoyance to free your mind a little bit to like try and learn something new, learn something different and increase your skills or change your perspective about something. Cause it's very hard to live a better life when you're stuck in survival mode all the time.
0: You can't, Um, you can't (laughs) learn. Yeah. You can't be offensive while you're being defensive. If like you're spending all your, like you said, if like, you're frustrated all day because you're not efficient with your work and you feel constantly overloaded. Uh, And then you end up like fighting with your partner or whatever. The, the, just the ability to like think clearly on, Hey, how can I just do this better the next time? Like, how do I make do all this work for one hour less? You can't think of it unless you're out of it. And most people don't have the ability to get out of it.
1: That's right. And just the idea that I could create a game that might just give that, you know, every people just need, everyone is so, especially, you know, we've just gone through COVID. We're about to go through some really rough times with the economy. And we've just been through hard times for a really long time now, our entire generation and the, the coming generation as well, you know, so like, if we can just create something that can give someone just like an inch of breathing room, an inch of solace yeah. somewhere that gives them, that's just all they need to like just think a little bit differently. Maybe we can create like a half a percent difference and if we can do that for everyone that plays a game then maybe the network effect of a hundred thousand people two hundred thousand people feeling just slightly better each day would have a net one percent global impact on just like not bad thing one percent less bad things happen and if i can accomplish
0: <laughs> we have you know we have all these apps on our phones we're using all these yeah. health apps we're all using yeah. social media Darn, even yeah. even listening to this podcast with an app, someone else is making money. Right. Not me or me or you or anyone like Apple or Spotify, whoever you're listening to this show on is probably making money from the fact that you're in this app and they're collecting your data where you're driving, where right. you're walking. Every day right. that data is being collected and being resold, you know, maybe in a privacy oriented way, quote, unquote, quote, unquote. But what does that even mean? Your idea, what you're saying is like, we can just change that. We could like help the users who are giving us this data and whether it's like starting with move to earn and genopets or ends up being moving to like, like what you said before with like health technology and rewarding you for your data. Like that's where the future is because it's going to change someone's life by like you said, like one or 2%, but one or 2% is like a huge thing in the grand scheme of things.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're. That's what we realized in 2018 was like, we are, if data is the new oil that powers the AI economy, we are all, we're oil mines. We're literally all gold mines. The amount of data that we generate every single day. And it's, you can, if you want to think about the world, we live in a technological age. So we think about everything from a technological framework. So if you think of yourself as purely a data object or a data fountain, then you can start thinking of yourself as what kind of data do I produce? And it's actually an interesting angle of self-reflection. And if we, as app creators and builders, developers, incentivize people to generate more of useful and and profitable data, um, then that's net good for the creator and the consumer, right? Yeah, exactly. and then put that on the blockchain, and then give it to you. I mean, you what's you
0: <laughs> What's the state of of the project right now? What are your some of your achievements? Users, like the state of the game. Can my listeners get, get What can they do at this
1: moment? Absolutely. Um, we are in the final stages of our beta, um, our closed beta development. Um, we've been hard at work for the past couple months. We in November, we launched our Genesis Genopet collection. It's like having a first edition Charizard. Um, as you probably already know, that's a procedurally that yeah. generated, fully modular uh, based on your personality. There's 3,200 that were launched at that time. Shortly after that, we launched Gene Token um, and hit a billion dollar market cap. And then in February, uh, so February now. So, the time has all blurred. Sometime after that, we launched habitats after a bunch of treasure hunts. And so those were also procedurally generated and completely unique, each one of them, um, and sold those. And then we just launched Key Token yesterday, which is a, one of the key uh, final capstones for um, enabling Move to Earn. So you'll be able to start earning Key Token really soon. And then we'll be first opening all of that up to um, using invite codes to our loyal community. We have a community of one hundred eighty-six thousand in our Discord, and it's like one hundred fifty. I haven't checked our Twitter in a minute. One hundred fifty k on our Twitter. So we have a a beautiful community. We love everyone. It's so awesome. Shout out to Dragonville. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Just awesome. I love our community yeah, that's the most rewarding thing about this whole thing. In fact, we actually hired uh, someone from our community and uh, is now working with us, and he's amazing, so shout out to Felix. Um, but yeah, our uh, so we've we've essentially built the core, the very, very uh, um, first game loop, which is walk around, um, get energy for your steps, convert steps to energy, um, and then you can buy habitat and convert your energy into key. Um, so that is coming out very very soon um so what players can do what you want you can do now is join our community join our twitter um and get updated on uh, the invite code releases that we'll be sending out in short time
0: this is so cool do you have to like (laughs) sit and figure out if someone could take over the network and change the rules is that part of
1: discussions well fortunately because we're adapt so we don't have to worry about Things that layer ones worry about. We don't have to worry about 51% um, attacks or anything like that. Um, we are entirely focused on building a sustainable economy, which is one of the most exciting and endlessly fun yeah. and fascinating things to think about every day. <laughs> yeah. That's it's that'd be like, a whole nother hour with you. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know a lot of people like figure
0: figure that out. There's like a whole whole nother conversation. Um yeah. like I talked to a lot of um like mid-stage VC groups, and okay. what they're what they look at is is they're like they would look at Genopets and they would say, okay, this is like the first evolution. And then you know how we talked yeah. about earlier on the show of like using this technology that you've developed and invented to like move into an existing field that were, is already kind of happening, like someone doing a decentralized email or like you know Genopets for like your health data or something like that. They wait for like that, that stage. Do you think Gamefi mm-hmm. will will break out? You think the technologies that you guys are developing will be used for like other insurance products and traditional finance and email or uh, you know health and uh, all these different industries, or will like the technology be 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 sticking around just in this like game finance world?
1: The short answer is it really depends on us in the crypto world. Like how are we going to keep making ponzi economies? Are we just going to keep making unsustainable things that are all hype and work really well in the, in the bull market and don't survive past? Um, if we keep doing that, then we're never going to break out of our bubble. If we manage to crack the code, I mean, to one end, what you're saying, this is the first evolution. Absolutely, the first evolution. We are all experimenting. For the first time in, in history, I, as far as I know, Like we, everyone, all the builders in the crypto community at this point have the ability to test our own economic theories and theses in real time with real audience and real people, right? Like that's an incredible thing to be able to do. And really, I think what's happening from a macro perspective is the traditional finance and traditional world, the conventional world is like, I don't know what you guys are doing in there. But it seems like you guys are doing something really cool. And if whatever survives this, that comes out breaks out of the crypto bubble, um, would, pr- would need to be absolutely astounding and astonishing. And that would, what we create in this lab, I think the entire crypto world, crypto sphere as a lab, you know, we're just experimenting, trying different ideas out. And when we find something that works and then are able to bridge the gap and, and uh, combine that that mechanism with existing frameworks and existing systems to create uh, synergistic value, like creating new value, uh, some that's greater than its parts. um, Then, then at that time, um, I think we'll absolutely um, succeed. uh, We'll be able to bring value into the real world. And I think uh, for us, that's absolutely our goal. It's absolutely our goal. Um, But let's not get ahead of ourselves once at a (laughs) time.
0: Yeah. You know, on that note, and this is more of like a time, a timely question is, is you guys, you guys built on Solana if I'm, if I'm correct. Yeah. So, I mean, where do, what do you think the state of Solana versus Ethereum and just like are companies like yours is going to be building on protocols? Do you think building on top of layer ones, what's the relationship with projects and the blockchains they want to build on? Do you have to like reach out to them in advance? How does, how does all that work?
1: That's a really good question. Um, the, well, in, to answer one part of that question, is that uh, our entire decision of which blockchain to pick it's very dependent on the nature of the product that you're looking to build, right? Okay. The choice of, um, and really, it's, it's actually a really interesting environment to build in. Um, but in, you know, if you, you have pros and cons for everything. So for us, Solana, high transaction uh, speed, high TPS, really low transaction um, uh, cost, and uh, high scalability. That's why you see so many of these games coming up on Solana. That's perfect for gaming, um, depending on the use case, right? So, our relationship uh, with Solana really um, is to to use the blockchain, uh, taking advantage of all the um, ad- the advantages that Solana provides uh, for our purposes. And they they do uh, we do work closely with them. Um, we primarily work really closely. With the um, with the with the marketplaces, um, a lot more. We don't have like direct um, a lot of direct uh, need really from the blockchain itself. Because what we're doing is we don't need to make any changes to blockchain or anything like that. The blockchain doesn't need to do anything different than it already is. Um, if anything, it's just to uh, have Solana there to work with them to understand their technology on a deeper level. Fortunately for us, um, Albert, our co-founder, my co-founder, is. The um, CEO is an absolute genius wizard, Amazing. Um, and I—I I really don't say that lightly at all. He's—he's <laughs> he's really, really clever.
0: Are you? Do you think you'll ever see a need for your assets to be bridged to other blockchains or interactions with other blockchains?
1: I don't know if need want absolutely. Um, I think. It's hard to say at this point, but I would venture to guess. Um, if I had to put forward a thesis, I feel like the where where we are today, and I could be completely along on this, but it just seems to me inevitable that eventually the idea of there being separate blockchains would have to be in order for mainstream do- adoption to happen, it would have to be abstracted away from the end consumer. Interesting. Like no one's gonna have because if you look back at the way that the internet started, the one the web two, the web one that we know above. Right. It started with a DARPA net. It started with a, a small network in at MIT, one in in LA, and, and, and in Europe. And they were just self-contained networks, right? They had no access to one another. Um, and those are just in a small local network of computers. And it wasn't until you know the the network in MIT was connected to the network in California, and then that became the first you know, super network. Now you have two networks, clusters of computers that can talk to each other. And but before it was DARPA, it wasn't the internet; it was DARPAnet and MIT and I don't know the other the name the other one. But it's not until you link all of these localized networks together to create this larger web um, that you really get a lot of innovation and a lot of um, things moving. Imagine you know if everything that was on DARPAnet had to be you know reprogrammed and reconfigured to go on and on your computer if you weren't on darpanet right so that's kind of yeah. where we are today i see all these disparate blockchains that need to exist to some degree for their particular use cases because of their underlying architecture they serve they have different advantages and disadvantages but ultimately the dApps that live on top of this infrastructure especially in the gaming world with composability um, would want to absolutely and and ask for and, um, and try to build infrastructure towards being able to move things between chains seamlessly. So I would love to be part of
0: that. That's what I, that's what I think, too. I think that's how it's going to go. It's, there has to be a maintained relationship just for the sake of like liquidity and things like that. But, but for growth, we need to all continue to work together. And that's always been the way it's, it's been for 10 years. And I don't know why people become maximalists to their own blockchain. It, it doesn't last. It really doesn't last.
1: Yeah, I think it's more. That's coming more from a financial uh, ape side of things, which like, yeah, of course, it's like it's rooting for your favorite team. You know, it's fun, but like ultimately, if you had to think of a choice, if only Solana was going to survive, or all blockchains will survive, and you'll be able to use everything. Like, of course, as a consumer, you're going to want the latter.
0: You know, that's <laughs> a great investor, idea. Let's 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 talk about Solana. this for a second. There is this sure. underbelly of like friendly or unfriendly, like or hostility or like com- competition between all these chains, but no one has yeah. really like brought that above surface. And what I mean by that is no conference has ever done like the chain wars, like let every chain have their own section of the thing. And how do you pack it? Like, but we should actually like bring that above the surface and do it in a, mm. in a way that's monitored, not monitored, but more friendly where there are barrier mm. not barriers, but, 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 but like, when you go bowling, the guide, they're bumpers, rest, you know what I mean? rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. it's
1: uncomfortable.
0: Sure. It's I mean, uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's cool. funny because it, yeah, I think that would be very interesting. I'd love to be in that audience and hear what they have to say. <laughs> I mean, ultimately though, it's like it's it's really hard to compare because you can't, it's not really apples to apples with any oh, chain. Yeah. Right. They're they yeah, they're all layer ones, they're all chains, but like they're 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 fundamentally very different, all of them. Um and ultimately um that's why i don't have to build a layer one and i never want to build a layer one i respect and commend the people that do because that yeah. is not <laughs> easy work to do it's hard enough building a DApp. i have hats off to them and so ultimately uh as a, as a DApp builder i'm agnostic uh, to any chain i love them all and i want to see everyone get along um ultimately though like i don't I, I don't know how serious it is i don't know how serious the uh any like this chain reset? It's mainly just like the people that aped into Solana are hating on ETH and the people who aped in on ETH and the vice versa. You know? But I don't I don't see the foundations being mad at each other very much.
0: <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun. Well Ben, I really <laughs> yeah. appreciate you yeah. taking the time and and coming on Untold Stories today. Is there any anything you want to leave us off with? Uh uh what you know if you're a listener of the show right now and you're really interested, what would be the first place you would tell people to go to is it to join your Discord and, and follow your social channels?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, join our Discord. Just uh, go to our website. It's genopets.me, M E. And uh, from there, you'll find our Discord or Twitter. It's Twitter slash genopets, discord.gg genopets, very self explanatory straightforward. And I would love to give me a shout out if you're in Discord and you, uh, and you came from this podcast. Give me a hey. Uh, and, uh, and I'll definitely say hi to you and hang out oh, with I you. Oh, I love work, that. So.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I
1: appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Have a beautiful day.